We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Is there a specific, you guys are talking about all these prospects. Is there a specific one more than the others that you are just dying to find out the landing spot? Um, I mean, like, the which running, one is really going to make the difference for you? Who's going to make a big difference? Uh, for you, like you're, you know, you're the one you're like, all right, I want to, I'm just going to sit on the edge of my seat and wait. Well, I mean, I really like Kenneth Walker a lot. So I really hope he lands in a really good opportunity because there's not a lot of opportunity out there for, to be a three down running back. So for him to end up in possibly Atlanta, you know, where him and Cordero Patterson, and we know next year he'll be the guy would be a really good spot. Kenneth Walker in Buffalo, I think would be a good spot. I know Devin Singletary's there, but he's not a needle mover uh, for me. And um, so it's some, he's somebody that I really want to see. There's a couple of teams, obviously green Bay and Kansas city is on everybody's radar, about what receiver ends up there that can move the needle. I'm really excited about George Pickens where George Pickens could end up. Cause uh, I have him as my fifth wide receiver, and I think his ceiling is really high. And if he ends up in the right situation as a true number one, I think that could put him in a position to certainly take him over a guy like Chris Olave. It just depends. I mean, it's an interesting year this this year for the 22 class because the tiers are so close, right? Like there's so many players that are in the same tier. So it's so much easier to move these guys up and down your board and more so even in Superflex. I've never seen a class probably going back to that Jake Locker year. And even then I didn't play Superflex back then where I've preached for literally years that the quarterbacks have to go one, two, three, if they're in the first round. And now I'm willing to take Brees Hall over every quarterback this year. I'm willing to move those quarterbacks essentially into that second tier, that Kenneth Walker tier, that Garrett Wilson tier. Yeah, I want to actually circle back to that. That's a, a good point because I'm with you. There's not that many landing spots for the running backs. And likely the the second running back off the board, which right now everyone thinks is going to be Kenneth Walker. There is some momentum for Zamir White. We can, you know, get into that after, but that will probably be the running back that ends up in the better spot. I mean, you know, the, are you going to love Brees Hall as the one one if he ends up if the Jets take him with either pick 35 or 38 and really bolster their backfield to help Zach Wilson? I mean at that point, are you going to feel confident Brees Hall won one? I like Brees Hall no matter where he goes. Uh, to me, he's just – I said on my podcast, man, uh, I don't think there's enough talk about Brees Hall as being – I mean, there's a clear-cut talk about him where he's the 1-1 in everybody's ranking. So that's, that's a simple uh, statement to make. But I, when I watch his tape, he's an elite prospect. He's not one of these like, oh, this is a good running back coming in. This is like J.K. Dobbins. I really like him. He's elite, elite when I watch him play, I mean, he's so smooth run the football. It's hard for me not to envision him having success at the next level, no matter where he goes, because they'll run him at, like they'll run like the, the Colts aren't taking Brees Hall, right? Like there's no way he's getting drafted in a situation where he's behind one of those guys. So wherever he ends up and I like Michael Carter a ton. So I'd be, I'd be more upset for Michael Carter than Brees Hall. If he goes to jets, because I don't see there any running back on a team where Brees Hall goes to, where he's immediately not the number one guy on all facets of the playing field. Yeah, just hypothetically, for example, like, right, if he goes to Arizona and we know James Conner is there and he just got his contract, you're not worried about that. That sounds exactly like uh, Jonathan Taylor with Marlon Mack. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like, they're going to split carries early. Uh, James Conner, probably the goal line back because he's really good at that last year. It's how he got all those touchdowns. But at the same time, 
Brees Hall slowly established himself. And you have to do the thing with like, you know, like same thing with Jonathan Taylor. Where at the end of the year, he was a stud. But for the early on, you're going to live with the dual carries, which we know we've seen it work. We're running two running backs and beat running back once. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, for example, two extremely talented running backs. Both for most of the year when they play each other with each other are running back once. So Brees Hall could definitely find success in a situation like that. And, and just like I mentioned with Buffalo or uh, Atlanta with Cordero Patterson, there's a clear path for him to be in a one, one on that team in the three down running back in 2023. And that's all we're looking back because it's hard to find any running back. That's that three down guy, right? That's getting yeah. all the carries. That's, that's the elite of the elite. So there's when like you get six those of guys, them, right? Yeah, like six you know seven, yeah. Tops. It, it's like finding an old, like he's the only good receiver on your team. And now you have teams that have tons of teams that could be two wide receiver ones on two teams, which kind of blows your mind that there's only 36 wide receiver ones, twos, and threes. And then one team out of 32 could have two wide receiver ones. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of different ways it can go. So go back to priest hall. He gives me zero worries. Kenneth Walker doesn't really give me a ton of worries either. Cause I think he's super talented. Uh, he might have a little bit more of a hang up when it comes to, play calling or sharing duties. I know Zamir White's got a, a bump lately, but he's for sure a sh- uh, most likely a, a shared dual running back threat no matter where he goes anyways. He hasn't been that viable in the passing game. Uh, so him going to the Jets might be a little bit better for the Michael Carter aspect of it. Uh, but it's interesting. It's You said what player? It's a, almost all these players, like where they end up. You know what I mean? Only because the tiers are so flat this year. You, you can't yeah. – if, if you have rankings of wide receivers one through seven, and my rankings were completely different. Let's say, for example, I just – hey, I have Chris Olave as the, uh, Olave as the 1.1. You, you're like, eh, I don't see it, but I'm not going to argue with it, right? So I'd argue he, that. Yeah, I would. Yeah, you, I would. you don't upset. Like, so, <laughs> right, now, for example, I mean, we did this the opposite way when A.J. Brown was everyone's consensus wide receiver one in 2000. 19 goes to the Marcus Mariota Titans in the second round. And, you know, you saw rankings that put him at the five, seven, eight wide. And then obviously we all learn to regret that. So this is kind of the opposite thing. So if there's a wide receiver that you like, say Traylon Burks, who goes to green Bay, goes to Dallas, goes to even Kansas city. I mean, how are you going to stop yourself from elevating that player up to the one, two or three spot? Yeah, and I was on a podcast uh, recently. We did a mock draft with a whole bunch of big names in the industry. And I said, I was like, I won't necessarily do this, but it's going to happen. It's it, like some of these rankings are crazy right now because we're going to see a Kansas City Green Bay bump, no matter what. For the average casual dynasty player, when Green Bay and Kansas City take their receiver in the first round, that wide receiver is going to get a bump. So whether it's Christian Watson or Chris Olave, because the top guys are going to go ahead of those teams right they're gonna get drafted earlier by the jets or possibly atlanta you know i mean they're gonna go much higher in a worse situation so commanders commanders yeah so this those players regardless whether it be Jahan dotson or christian watson these guys are a little bit lower on our rankings this year for the casual dynasty player in your league they're gonna get a a a bump in that category just simply because they go to the green bay and kansas city chiefs but would you agree there is a tier break that we have pre-draft? So, for example, you use Jahan Dotson. Let's say he goes to the – what do you consider the best spot? Like Green Bay probably, right, or Kansas City? It's Kansas probably- City would be a fantastic okay. spot. Yeah. So, perfect spot. I don't think that he – and again, it, we'll see how the rankings come out, consensus across the industry. But I don't think he can make it all the way to like two or one or three. I think he can make it up to like the fifth wide receiver, fourth wide receiver. But someone like Burks – if he falls and you know, there's momentum for him falling. I mean, originally he was like a top 10 pick and then he was like in the teens. And now he's, people are saying he can go in the twenties. If he lands on Kansas city, I think he could make it all the way up to wide receiver one in this class for fantasy. Yeah. Oh, certainly. He, he can easily make up the wide receiver one. I could see, I mean him, Jamison Williams, yes. Uh, Drake London and Garrett Wilson. I think those are the only wide receivers. There's no four that can find their way to number one. To me, it's Garrett Wilson, number one, one, no matter what. He's he's a clear-cut one in my eyes. He's like Brees Hall. He's in a tier, of, a tier of his own for that position. And then I put Drake London and Jamison Williams and Traylon Burks in that second tier. So to me, yeah, if Traylon Burks goes to Green Bay, if he goes to Kansas City, then, yeah, there's a strong argument for he's your number one receiver because, listen, it's like running backs, right? Why are the three-down running back that we mentioned earlier so great for fantasy football? Because they get all the touches. It's 
So what receiver is going to be in the best position to get the most targets? So obviously that's going to be Green Bay because of, you know, obviously they got Juju Smith, Nicole Hardman, Travis Kelsey in Kansas City. Green Bay has got pretty much uh, Robert Tunyon, you know what I mean? And then Aaron Jones. So if Traylon Burks goes there, not only is he in a really good spot with a really good quarterback for guarantee the next two years, who's extremely accurate, who doesn't turn the ball over, he's going to be funneled all the targets. And like the three down running back that gets all the carries, we're looking for receivers that are going to get all the targets. So it's much easier to become a wide receiver one as a rookie when you're going to see 135 targets your first year with a really accurate quarterback. So you're probably going to have an 80, you know, a higher catch rate, probably catch anywhere from 90 to 110 footballs. That's a wide receiver one his rookie year. So that makes me understand the bump there. Same thing for any of those receivers that go there. I mean, Aaron Rodgers realistically offers that bump and you're going to get two years of of high-end numbers. And if you're worried about Aaron Rodgers leaving afterwards, then they have a really young receiver who has been a wide receiver one for his first two years. That's dynasty gold. You'll be able to sell him for whatever you want whatever player you want, whatever draft pick you want, it'll be an easy flip if you're worried about Aaron Rodgers afterwards. So I wouldn't want to hear anything about, well, Aaron Rodgers is only there for like three years. Okay, three years is a lifetime, a lifetime. in Dynasty fantasy football. It's it's the stupidest thing I ever hear in Dynasty when people are like, oh, he's only got like two years left. He's not worth anything. I'm like, I'll, I'll take, take it. two years of wide receiver one numbers all day, yeah. every day. That's back-to-back ships. You're a legend in your league. That goes I mean, on forever. Yeah, just think about how, yeah, just think about how bad we are projecting seasonal leagues like that year. How the heck are we going to project two years and three years out? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I try to play dynasty in two to three year windows. Yes, there are a few players, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, that you can reasonably say in four years from now, but I don't even buy five years from now. I mean, it's likely Pat Mahomes is the superstar QB in five years, but who knows, right? There's yeah. so much that happens. It's, it's he tears crazy. his Achilles, tears his patella tendon. You know what I mean? Like there's injuries out there. Uh, that you just don't know. I tell people all the time, just go back and look at your dynasty team three years ago, three years ago and so every different. team in the league and watch how different they look. It's such, it, it's like when startups, people are like, Oh, I drafted this team. It's, 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 it's going to be so good in three years. Like, ah, dude, I've been playing dynasty for almost 20 years. And I've seen that play out so many times. It never comes to fruition. Almost never. That's the perfect lead in for the next question. So have you done startups yet this year? Uh, I did do a startup this year. Yeah. One, one startup. Yeah. Okay. I, so, I told myself I do none, but it was a basketball I, league. So I was like, I could do it. Dude, you're amongst crackhead friends here, please. You know, it's like, yeah. I say the same thing every year. Oh, I'm only going to do one this year. I'm going to wait till after the draft. I've done four already. It's disgusting. I, I don't even know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be in panic. mode. best ball does make it easier though. I agree. It's way easier. It's yeah, why I'm, we create. I mean, that's the whole reason we built the dynasty GM. Cause I know like players like you players like myself and players out there, like you just can't play in one dynasty. Like it's impossible. So <laughs> The whole reason I built the Dynasty GM in the first place was to help manage all these Dynasty leagues, to put everything in one spot to help you yeah. just streamline everything to make your Dynasty life even easier and then join more leagues without having to flip out about it. Yeah, I want to get to talking about the Dynasty GM in a minute because I, at this point, I don't think I could live without it. So it's <laughs> it's too cheap. Yeah, I'm just telling you right now, it's too cheap. I, I need it. And we'll, we'll uh, go through all of what Rich is here to promote today. I'm here with Rich Dotson from the Dynasty Nerds. You guys know him. Uh, Rich, what do you think? Because you said about players making mistakes. Uh, what What do you think is like one of the most common mistakes you see in these startup drafts now? I mean, there, there's probably a lot, but what do you think is the most glaring mistake even experienced players are making in the startup draft? I think the number one mistake in the startup draft is reaching for position, right? Like you find yourself like, oh man, I drafted three young rookie wide receivers and Mark Andrews in my first four picks because the value was there. And like, oh no, I need a running back. I need a running back. And you're like, and then there's that fourth really good upside receiver. Like he wouldn't be there, but say Elijah Moore's there, right? It's possible. Elijah, it's yeah. possible. And you're like, oh, all the running backs are gone. I'm taking Miles Sanders over Elijah Moore. You're like, no. So I think the biggest mistake there is reaching for a player of need. And then that player of need is most always going to be the running back, right? Because there's not many of them out there. Uh, so you're going to start reaching for running backs. I never do that. I try to take the best player available in Dynasty Startups because – Whatever my player of need is, I'll figure out later, right? Because somebody else is going to have a need and you're going to be able to make a trade down the road with a good player. Good players always are going to reap the reward of that draft pick. So you're going to get much more for Elijah Moore today than you would get for Miles Sanders. I mean, you can get a 23 first for Elijah Moore. Go ahead and try and ask for a 23 first for Miles Sanders, right? Or any running back. And another reason for that too is 
like running back is the easiest position to acquire. You could draft them and plug and play them right away. Uh, th- they go down and get injured so much that a, a backup comes up and gets an opportunity for a couple games, and you could trade for that backup for a second or third round pick down the road. You could fill those voids pretty easily. So that's the number one void I find myself in startups falling into is like lack of running back help. I, I get the older guys early, like you get guys like Cordell Patterson late, um, guys that nobody wants that fall at pretty good value. But I think the number one mistake James, is James Connor, James, James Connor, Connor. Yeah, 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 all these guys. So, and then you just draft a whole bunch of good quality backups to have upside guys like Tony Pollard or guys are just, I think cream hunt offers good value because he yeah. puts up good numbers even when he's behind there. And then he's probably going to be a starter somewhere next year. So I think the number one mistake dynasty players make in startups is reaching for a position to fill a void. During a startup, you're just trying to acquire as much talent as possible. Be smart about it. Like, don't leave yourself dry at tight end. Don't leave yourself dry at quarterback. But just make sure you're grabbing those good players early and then making, like, filling out those voids after the draft. Because most drafts are happening, like you said, Alan, right now, you have months until the season starts. You have plenty of time to trade draft picks and the receivers yet you have. And a lot of times you might be able to find yourself one injury, like one player gets hurt at wide receiver. You can draft um you can draft or trade the receiver you drafted that for a running back that was drafted higher than you took that receiver in the first place so it works out pretty regularly that in that line of work yeah it's just so hard because it's it's such sound advice in practice but when i'm in the draft yeah and i'm seeing the the running back run happen and i'm sitting there and i'm like I don't even have a running back yet. And I'm around six. And I'm like, uh, like you said, a good player's on the board. You have to be disciplined. So, you know, drinking and drafting, not good. We all know that already. That's, that's, <laughs> been that. try- yeah, that's for your, your college buddies at your seasonal and your, you know, your 20 year seasonal league. But in a slow startup, I think discipline is key. It, it's the ultimate there. It is. Also- I've been, I said, if you, I'm, it's funny you said don't drink. I was in a, I'm in an industry league with like big time names. Like you would know all these names, like Connor Rogers and mm-hmm. all these people in there. And uh, the, the the draft ended up being on a day I was throwing a big party. <laughs> and by the time the draft kicked off later, then like I was just annihilated. And my team, <laughs> I looked at the next day and I blamed Garrett Price for it. I was like, dude, my team is terrible. And he's like, these are your picks. I'm like, oh, oh man, you'll never let yeah. me do that again. Uh, who, how long ago was this? What, who was like, uh, uh, what year is it like three years ago? Was it yesterday? You sure it wasn't no, yesterday? Like, like three years ago. I took, and it just worked out. Like I took Michael Thomas with my first pick, right? Um, I took Baker Mayfield with my second pick and I took OBJ uh, with my third pick. So, you know, strike three you, or out, you know how that panned out pretty yeah. quickly. Uh, Michael Thomas got hurt. Hasn't played since mm. uh, that's happened. Baker Mayfield was just okay. In that meantime, and then OBJ obviously was been a, a huge disappointment. You mentioned a couple guys that, you know, are free agents or, you know, Michael Thomas hasn't played. Who do you think of this offseason, 2022, has been the most significant for Dynasty free free agent acquisition? Uh, Well, free agent acquisition. Yeah, free agent acquisition or trade, trade. I guess. Well, you know, I mean, Russell Wilson's the obvious, right? So, No, I think Devontae Adams is the obvious. No, you go know, with this. Because that helps. I mean, it helps Derek Carr tremendously, and I think – you know, what's funny is we've been preaching on Dynasty podcast for the last two years. Like Derek Carr has been like great value in super flex leagues. Like he's not anymore though, right? Him, not but anymore. not anymore. And <laughs> you know, the big thing is he was a quarterback one last year, right? So he's a quarterback one last year with Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller having a down year and Brian Edwards popping in once in a while. Say hi. Uh, so now he has Devonte Adams, who he has a great rapport with coming out of Fresno state. You got to remember, when they left college, they led college football in touchdowns thrown to each other. So to me, this is just a great marriage. I think Devontae Adams keeps being Devontae Adams. And this makes Derek Carr potentially a top six fantasy football quarterback, which is crazy to say. So I think the biggest boost would be to Derek Carr by the trade of Devontae Adams. He he went in the second round of my Superflex startup draft the other day. He went at pick 211. I, you know, and I took him in an earlier right when the trade happened, I was able to get him in the fourth round of a Superflex and I was like, yeah. "Ooh, this feels ugly cuz you're used to getting him in round 6 or 7." And now Great it's like value. round 2, whole but it's like I can't even argue against it. It's like a good pick. Yeah, if you you're in a Superflex like you're getting a quarterback one. And again, and at pick 24 or 23 at 211, there's only 12 quarterback ones. That's it. And right now we're in a state of super flex leagues where the depth of quarterback isn't that great, right? Like there's the haves and the haves not. So if you don't take a quarterback pretty much in your first two picks, like you're looking at guys who are like, 
Oh man, Carson Wentz. Yeah, yeah. Mac, I mean, Mac Jones. Daniels, yeah, yeah. The, and those, those, you're like, oh, good. I have a nice young quarterback. But the, I think that the sobering moment, like the cold water with the bucket of cold water in my face, is when you look at the dynasty rankings, and we have guys like Zach Wilson elevated. We have Justin Fields elevated. But then we look at when the consensus redraft rankings come out in July, and those guys are like QB like 16, QB 18. You're like, oh no, I don't have a top 12 quarterback, and I just spent my second rounder on him. So I think that's also kind of a mistake that dynasty players make they'll they'll pass over russell wilson uh for just say trevor lawrence and you know and i understand why people do it because the uh, age I, and the pedigree but what say it again i get that one kind of i, I, mean, I just, get it but trevor lawrence i mean trevor lawrence particularly just because of the so much upside there you know what i mean like there's so much i get and it the guy but, was unreal but I, I know what you're saying too with russell wilson like you guys want to go shoot for upside justin field zach wilson over a guy like russell wilson trey lance it? We haven't, you know, it could be, it could be a nothing. It could literally be, I mean, we hope it, we hope it's something we like the upside, but Dude, now let's talk about what if Debo Samuel gets traded to the jets. It's probably not going to happen, but what if he does now all of a sudden that hurts Trey Lance. I'm just saying is that I see Trey Lance going at pick 10 in Superflex leagues in a dynasty league where that's it. And they're passing on all timers like Russell Wilson. It's crazy literally, literally he goes there just because. The 49ers traded three first round picks for him. That's the only reason why. I mean, the guy has one year of college experience. Um, his last game was horrific. Uh, it, it, it's just I, the Trey Lance thing boggles my mind. If, you, if you're a Dynasty Nerds podcast listener, you know, three weeks ago, uh, I had an inside source before this Debo stuff blew up. I already had the information about Debo. Uh, and the source also said Trey Lance isn't it. So it's kind of like, I don't get that at all. Well, I want to hit on this for a second here because so. Jimmy Garoppolo presumably isn't being traded because he has the shoulder surgery he's recovering from, but that seems a little like that's the narrative just to keep everything. Con- they're they're not so sure. I mean, if they're in a Super Bowl window right now, what you're saying here uh, from that information, based on what you were just talking about, like, is it possible that Jimmy Garoppolo is the week one starter, or is that just no way in year two? Uh, I don't know. It, it, it depends how they, they just want to get him out there in the field or if they hold on to Jimmy, do they, which right now it looks like they're going to hold on to Jimmy. I mean, who's mm-hmm. going to take Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's kind of hard to say. I, I know my, my source said like everybody loves Jimmy. It's just, he's got a dead arm. He's got a wrist and hand issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the source all said, he's like in Trey Lance, isn't it? So to be fair to Trey Lance at the same time, he didn't play at all the year before uh, he's coming to the NFL at a small school. So he has time to develop. He's got a good coach there, but I mean, this source is pretty adamant that he wasn't it, but at the same time, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but not the benefit of the doubt where I'm taking him over Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, even. You know what I mean? Like I'm not taking in, him over those guys. In round one, at the end of the round, you're getting in a super flex draft. You're getting Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. You're getting one of those, you know, the, those cornerstone wide receivers. I think the most significant move in my and I, and I really like your rationale behind Devontae Adams because it's an elevator for Derek Hart. And I'm excited to see him in the Josh McDaniels offense too. I think that's been an underrated uh, boost to fantasy value. I think that it could be good this time around. But how about the Allen Robinson? signing for Matthew Stafford. I mean, Matthew Stafford got the extension. He's an insulated quarterback. Sure. He's 33, 34 years old, but now with Cooper cup, he's going to dominate. He's going to have his 10, 11, 12 targets off the bus, but Odell Beckham hasn't resigned and he got hurt in the super bowl. He's not going to be back before, you know, November. Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah. yeah. At, at best. And even then it's like, all right, we'll see. Right. Uh, Robert Woods is no longer on the team. I know Van Jefferson's there, but Allen Robinson went from being like, oh my God, this is like a ninth round pick. To, I mean, he's got to be a top 15 wide receiver projection again. Is that too aggressive for him in Dynasty right now? Or is it top 18? Where where are you going to have Allen Robinson? Probably right around there. Probably like 18, like mid-range wide receiver two. Because that's, that's what OBJ was doing, right? He was a mid-range wide receiver two, essentially. With those touchdowns, he's on a pass first team. that plays inside a dome in California. Allen Robinson, a year removed from back-to-back over a thousand yard receiving years. So to me, yeah, I like Allen Robinson going to LA a lot. I mean, he was always screaming kind of value where nobody wanted him, Right. Um, Cause of what he did in Chicago. So I, I think it's just simple to go look at what OBJ did there. Like OBJ yeah. was scoring touchdowns, getting open. They passed first. I think a wide receiver two is, is fair to say anywhere from 15 to 24. I think it's, I think it's pretty fair high end to low end wide receiver two. Yeah. I have your rankings up right now. You have them a little bit lower. I'm sure you'll make those adjustments. You ha- Do you want to take a guess where you have them right now on your, oh, I pulled up for my super- dynasty rankings. Yeah. 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 Dynasty. Probably right around wide receiver 24. You have them lower than that. 
right now. So I really, speak, yeah, you have them at thirty. I, so what I did was I sorted by your your superflex item premium because those are your that's those are your base yeah. rankings, right? Yeah, and I sorted by wide receiver. I saw them down in the thirties, but I had I them there I, too. I thought I just moved them up a little. I mean, it's, it is dynasty. He is going to be almost thirty years old, so it's not like it's too yeah, far. Yeah. I probably got a lot of young guys ahead of him. Yeah, no, um, you do, and that's what I'm saying. Is like I think that he and I had him that low too, but I, I've been warming up to him because, like you said, even if you just put in the Odell Beckham numbers, um, you know that that's at least worth a pick. But he, you don't have to take him that high. He goes in the in the wide receiver 25, 28 range in dice, so it's it's not an unreasonable no. rank. I mean, think about it. I mean, think about like Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen has a high chance to be a wide receiver too. Are you taking Adam Thielen in your top no. three receivers, and he's probably gonna be on the Vikings for the next two years because they redid his contract? No, mm-hmm. so it's kind of. It's a funny thing with dynasty. Those are the things you have to weigh. Like where does age and production come into? Cause if he's just gonna be a wide receiver too, well, I can get Elijah Moore who has I've uh, wide receiver two upside for the next 10 years compared to the next two, maybe three years. So it's, it's, those are the things you got to weigh into your rankings. Like, yeah, he's a wide receiver too, but yeah, so is Adam Thielen. You know, Hunter Renfro was a wide receiver one last year. Are we, you know what I mean? It's just, you know, it feels like Hunter Renfro. It feels like the Chris Thompson year. Remember when Chris Thompson was a, uh, was a top 12 running back. That's what I mean. Again, I like receiver? Hunter Renfro. I think, yeah. It, well, yeah, Chris Thompson was a, a top 12 running back, but oh, as, right, a P, okay. as a top, but as a PPR running back, that's what Hunter Renfro's season felt like. Like, I like him. I think he's a good player, but the odds of, of him repeating a top 12, obviously are probably not great, but I still like him. I mean, I was oh, yeah. before the Devonte Adams trade, I was trying to trade 400 Renfro, but people wanted, people wanted full value. So I didn't have much, much luck there. When you, when you do startups, do you like to include even say they're pre-draft startups? Do you like to include the rookies in them or just rookie picks or just do vets only? What's your preference to do startups pre-draft pre-draft? Uh, I would prefer to put the rookies in. Now, obviously, I'm somebody that does a lot of research the whole time, so I'm ready to go. Uh, but I'm also just okay with putting the rookie picks in there too. Either yeah, way, it's, it, it's a fun way to do it, uh, to do it that way. Some people wait till the rookie draft happens. But like I said, I'm okay either way, however you want to do it. Either you put the picks there or the rookies. I have no preference either way. I, I like I like just putting the players in early, but that's because I put more time into it. So like for mm. me, I like it because I have an advantage over most people because I've been stunning these rookies since January. You know what I mean? So like I know where there's good value to, to go grab these guys. Like I'd be, I'd be getting Sky Moore at really good value and nobody else would even think about taking Sky Moore if we did the draft three weeks ago. You know what I mean? Right. So it's, your edge, that's why your, it's my preference. Yeah, your edge evaporates as you get closer to the draft and certainly, I mean, it's the same thing in redraft. Like to do best ball right now, you know, I feel like I have such a great edge, but then as you, the, all the value gets squeezed out of there. Come, I, I literally yeah. am an underdog every day and that once one draft ends, I enter another one <laughs> every day. That's what it is. I just same thing. I feel like there's, there's value there to be had by putting in the time and know what to, you know now compared to what's going to happen later. Definitely with the rookies involved. Like, I've been getting Brees Hall in every underdog draft I've been doing. Yeah. Every one. That, well, what round? So you're talking in the super flex draft. So he goes in like round four or five or something like that. Uh, right? the under, no, they're just the uh, best single. ball single. single. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. They have have you played? Flex options? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They have For super best flex. Ball? Yes. Yes. I've never, I've so, been so you know I've like, never seen it. You know how like when you go into their interface, you click on football and it has all the contests and the different dollar levels. You yeah. pick. So just look on the top, like where the featured contests are. It's called the yeah. Superflex Big Board Contest. And, oh. you could do, and you could do a 30-second draft or you could do an eight-hour draft. Well, I know what I'm uh, going to be entering today when I get off your show. I do one a day. I do one, one a day. day. I, yeah, yeah, I do a 30-second or like, I would say four weeks. That's more, every other day. I do the slow draft, so they take about a couple of days. That way I don't yeah. miss a pick. That I, I can't sit there for an hour a lot of times. Uh, totally. Yeah, no. Well, with the 30-second clock, yeah, it's about a 45-minute commitment. 40 so, minutes. Well, my it's wife just... is is uh, generously making <laughs> dinner for me. I'll just sit and I'll yeah. knock one of those out. And the Superflex is great, too, because, you know, I mean, I don't have to explain to you why Superflex is a better format. Oh, but, yeah, you know, you got Tom Brady at pick 10, you know. and But I'm telling, these people are quarterback hungry in these leagues. So they're got even it. yeah, but just even more so than like the dynasty startups. Like the, okay. fir- the first twenty four picks is like you know twenty quarterbacks. So. Well, in best ball, why wouldn't you? Right, like right. give you the most points. Why wouldn't you just swoop those up? And if you know value at running back or receiver, you could kill it. And I, I was just thinking, I was like, why well, should do more thirty second? The reason I don't do thirty second leagues as much is because they, they take longer to fill. Like this time of year, not, so like I don't want to join one. Right, you, you click- join one. 
my attention span's so bad. I look away for 20 minutes. I go back to it and then we're in round six and I'm like, yeah. Oh no, I got Calvin Ridley. <laughs> but you, you're going to be shocked. So when you enter a, um, uh, underdog, they, it like within six or seven minutes, it's full. And sometimes yeah. it's instant. Some, you know, a lot of times I've never waited more than like 10 minutes ever. And that was long. So I gave you something to do tonight while, while you're on the toilet, you know, do a yeah, quick try. Yep. All right. So the other the other player that I want to ask you about, he's going high in all these dra- in my startup drafts, and uh, he's probably in the top seven or eight, maybe nine running backs. But I'm very concerned about Antonio Gibson. One because they brought back JD McKissick, but also I could see a situation where I mean, you guys have talked about this in your podcast. There's so many good running backs that could be running back twos or threes. Forget it. The high end, what we got our two running backs, but in round three through seven. I mean, the commanders are almost a lock to take a running back. They can't, if they're not going to fully commit to Antonio Gibson, where are you on him right now? Are you still taking him as a top 10 running back? Top 10, right? I mean, close to it. You know what I mean? Right. Between 10, 14, right around there. I mean, juxtapose him with like Alvin Kamara, who's a little bit older, but still a proven, you know, all of them. Yeah, I'm taking Kamara. It's just the guy's been a running back one every every year he's existed, he's a, he's a unicorn. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's the next generation's uh, LaShawn McCoy. Like there's not, Ooh. there's not many people that have done like, he might be at the tail end of it, you know, at six years, but the odds of you being a running back one more than twice are under 15%, like mm-hmm. lower than, I think they're actually under lower than that. Uh, so if you're a running back one, once there's like a 35% chance you'll be one running back one again, just one more time. And then if you're running back two, it drops down all the way down to like 17%. Like if you've been a running back one twice, like those guys are literally because of unit, because of injuries, because of how many young guys come in, it's hard to be a running back one more than two times. Those guys are the elite of the league. You're you're talking about like the Zeke's that, that hall of fame level is reserved for like, yeah, those guys, Leonard. Look at Saquon Barkley. When the best running backs of our generation comes in, he's a running back one, one his first year. hasn't been a running back one since those guys are impossible to come by. Alvin Kamara has done it every single year. So I'd rather bet on that for, he's only what, 27 years old. So he's not like at the edge. So say you get two more years of Alvin Kamara. Well, you're probably only going to get two more years of Antonio Gibson, right? Like, so that's, right. My, that's my deal breaker. It's, it's hashtag two, three year window. I've been saying it for eight years, man. He's running backs. Give me, give me three years. And that's all I need. The rest can go every single time and just keep them coming. All right. We're going to take a quick break from a word from our sponsor. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. That's just for the audio cast. Okay. They uh, got to pay some bills there. Hey, you know, when we Not left, when we, right before, right before the, um, the, the break there, we were talking about veteran running backs. Uh, somebody who I, I don't even want to call it a flag plant because he's an all-timer, and I just don't see why I even have to make the case for Zeke Elliott. But I'm getting a lot of pushback that Zeke Elliott right now in startup drafts is like uh, RB21 in, in redraft. He's like RB18. I mean, he finishes like the sixth or seventh running back last year. People are just writing him off. This guy's an all-timer. You just talked about before our break that – it's so hard to become a running back one twice, once or twice. I mean, are you really, where are you on Zeke? And it's, it's in dynasty because like you talk about, if you can get two years out of him, isn't that like a huge win at his current cost of RB 18? A running back one again uh, last year. And yeah, he's going to running back 18. I think he screams value. The, the, the Cowboys can't get out from under him. I think they is, I know they can't from this year, but isn't it next year too? They're stuck with them. Yeah. They're stuck with them for 22 and 23 at 24. They can get out clean. Yeah. Which they will 100%. They will for sure. But you got Zeke for two more years on a high powered offense. They're going to draft another receiver in here to bring with C land. They got Michael Gallup. They got Dalton Schultz. Like he's got a really good report. Uh, Dak Prescott's one of his best friends. He's got a really good rest in running back in Tony Pollard. Like he's one of the best values in football at running back. There's always those guys that are like, they get that bad rap and his bad rap mostly came from Tony Pollard looking so good, right? Like but Tony Pollard many- looks so good, but Zeke Elliott's a running back one year in and year out running back one, top 12, top eight. He's a top he- eight running back. That he puts all those points. And what that actually means, so think about what that means for a dynasty player. It's like, oh, it's there's some guys that finish as like, you know, running back ones, but you, or just say wide receiver ones, but you never really could start them with confidence. Like even Hunter Renfro until the end, you couldn't really start him with confidence until he did it like three or four times in a row. There, there is value in having a player that you could just plug into your lineup and you don't have to think about it. Zeke Elliott, one of his superpowers is his durability. He's never even on like the midweek injury report where you have to like cycle through your teams and figure out a backup. That's why I think there's extra value in that. So fine. He has, he, his floor used to be 14 points. Now his floor sometimes is eight or nine points, but, and maybe the ceiling isn't there for 35 points, but it's every week. It's like 16, 18, 22. That's why I think the dynasty market's missing. And that's my next question for you. You in startup drafts. I, I mean, I'm in these drafts. These people are so youth hungry, and they should be, but they're just letting Mike Evans fall. They're letting Keenan Allen fall. My all my startup teams look like you know the best dynasty team ever from 2019, but I'm still ha- I'm happy to get Christian McCaffrey at, in at pick 211 or wherever he, I've been getting him 26. Do you explain why another mistake that dynasty players uh, do often make is passing on vets? Yeah, so when you asked me to join the podcast, you're like, hey, I just want to bring up uh, something where, um, like, I just want to talk a couple startup mistakes. Like, give me two or three. The number one I told you was reaching uh, for position. My number two is bypassing the older players, players that are 28 and up. Like, and, and I get that. Listen, your first two picks, you want to have cornerstone players, guys that are 28 years old or younger, right? Guys that you could you could rely on and put in your lineup, plug and play them, like you said, for a while. But for too much, too often do I see people play up, pass up Mike Evans. They'll pass up Danny Hopkins, Brandon Cooks, right? And that, that's a mistake that's been going on for a couple of years now because they're 28. And I'm like, oh, he's only got three years left. Again, that's a lifetime in dynasty fantasy football. So to me, you want to get some good young players, but you also want to have some older players too because I'm still drafting to win now, right? Like I'm trying to draft a team that can win now. But based around these young players, 
knowing there will be some value in older players, even like in Superflex League, Tom Brady, right? Like he's going to be some value in a Superflex League at one point because he's going to be a quarterback one and nobody's wanting to draft him because he's 45 years old. Round so eight in Superflex startups right now. Yeah. So I'm trying to find, I'm trying to get those young players early, but right around from round, probably rounds four, five on, I'm going to sprinkle in some of those guys that people don't want. I'm going to find the value, right? Because there's, and I might skip them for a round, but I'm like, okay, if he's here next round, I'm taking him. And for the most part, he'll be there the next round. And what's also good about that is then you have a really good, well-balanced dynasty team, right? Because then you have some young guys, you have some old guys. And you want to have that mix because as the new guys come up, after you draft these rookies, you want to be able to have it flow pretty evenly. They had that consistent team where you, if you have an all-old team, obviously they all fall off your teams in shambles. You have an all-young team and only, say, half of them pan out like your team's in trouble because you have all these young guys and now you're stuck with a half a team that's missing where the older guys are going to give you more proof in the put in and more security there. So what I like to do is get that mix. And what an older, older player also does is give you that security blanket. Okay. He's going to produce, right? Like Mike Evans produces, he's one of the most undervalued dynasty players as well. He's a wide receiver one year in and year out. And yeah, he did it last year on touchdowns, but who cares? I don't care how he did it. (laughs) He was a a wide receiver one. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Christian McCaffrey hasn't been a wide receiver running back one last two years. Well, he was hurt. Okay. I don't care. He wasn't wide running back one. It doesn't matter why. It's what are the results, right? Like we're not playing like, oh, I would have won that dynasty championship if I would have taken this player at three, six, but you didn't, you know what I mean? So it doesn't matter. So having those older players, if your team does fall apart, they are tradable assets when it comes to the trade deadline. Cause when people want to make that push, they want the guys like you mentioned, Hunter Renfro, right? Like guys that like Will Fuller that are those roller coaster players that you could plug in your lineup and not be so sure about a guy like Mike Evans, Al Robinson, um, any player that's played like Cordero Patterson last year that are giving you that consistently, you might only be able to get a second round pick of 23 second, but you're getting something back of value and maybe you could do, Hey, I'll give you Mike Evans and a third for your 23 first. Even then, that's undervalued. Mike Evans is right. I was going to say he's, he's too good. But a, a guy like Cordell Patterson, right? Like, right. hey, I mean, last year in the league, I was able to trade Cordell Patterson and Rob Gronkowski for a 23 first to a contender because my team was out of it because of injuries. Yeah. And I had these two agent assets. And I was like, hey, he offered me a second. I was like, dude, it doesn't, a second doesn't move the needle. You're a contender. Give me your 23 first. I'll give you both of them. And he ended up winning the championship because he gave me the 23 first for Rob Gronkowski and Cordero Patterson. And I mean, ultimately that's what it's all about. I mean, you got to hold some of these guys feet to the fire sometimes definitely that late in the season when there's so many injuries, those guys do give you some benefit and value down the road, even if it doesn't work out for your team. It's almost like you, um, you could see my, my order of questions here because my next question for you was, about trading and the best way to get a trade done. I want you to talk about like the best times of the year to trade, uh, to, to make trades. Like, is there a better time of the year to trade for veterans? Is there a better time of the year to trade for rookies? Because I've noticed that rookie picks get valued differently depending on where we are in the actual calendar. Yeah. The biggest scale for rookie picks is you can't trade for them now, right? Like they're, they're worth their, they're worth too much. Everybody's drafting the next Devonte Adams and Jonathan Taylor. Like it's just, it's proven, right? Like, Oh, I can't trade that pick. Um, so the best time to acquire rookie picks is probably mid season, the late season as a trade deadline varies as people are starting to make that push. Uh, I like to try and catch them early teams that think I always like to find that team that thinks they're a contender and they make this move. They're going to be a contender. And you're like, man, they're one injury away from now falling apart. Right. Get there first then, because if one thing falls apart, you went from going to mid first to late first to a high first. Right. Um, so for rookie picks, it's probably, it's usually in season, uh, maybe after this rookie draft to get a future draft. Sometimes in your draft, it's a good time to get future picks. Like, because players do, they overvalue and fall in love with a player. Like, like I said, Jahan Dotson, right? Um, right. Like somebody will, somebody will jump up from like two, two to one, nine to get Dotson. Exactly. And they'll give you their whatever pick later on or next year or something like that. So you yeah, can talk- it's, it's easier to grab those picks then. Yeah. Wait till you're on the clock. That's what I always tell people. Like I, you know, I'm sure you get a million questions all the time. And I always tell people hold that, like that trade offer you just got is fair, but it'll be even better if you just wait till you're on the clock. There's no risk in waiting because 
like I said, these players come in with a clean slate. Everyone sees the upside. Nobody sees the downside when you're on the clock. So I really like that a lot. And also, these most people, they go one in three in your dynasty league, and they're already saying, oh, I'm going to start playing for next year. So yeah. even though, I mean, you could rip off three wins in a row. So just uh, – Trading four vets or four picks sometimes in season. The best time to sell James Conner is not now. The best time to sell James Conner is in week two when he has 80 yards and a touchdown, right? I mean, that's so that's what I try to tell people that the actual takeaway is the time of the year really should dictate the, the time that you make the trade. All right. Uh, you know, I've been getting a lot of trade offers in my inbox. I figured you're the perfect guy to ask about this. I'm getting a lot of low ball offers for Baker Mayfield right now. And I'm holding on because, I mean, you know, the kind of offers I'm getting are like Jacoby Myers and Cam Newton for Baker. I mean, I'm never going to do stuff like that. But so what do you think? What's the hold up here? Why, I mean, Carolina, are they waiting to see who's on the clock before of what they could do with pick six before they, you know, eventually make a move for a quarterback? Because if, if that coaching staff is truly on the hot seat, they got to have somebody that's at least competent, right? So what's going to happen with Baker? Is it going to be Carolina? Yeah, I mean, Baker's play, played all his cards wrong this year. Everyone, going back from hurting his injury, his injury and, and forcing himself to play, um, to coming out and being you know vocal about like, hey, I demand a trade. I want this. Send me to Indy. And he's just in a bad spot because all those moves, I mean, the Browns kind of like did move late for Deshaun Watson. So they maybe could have gone to commanders. There's just not a lot of opportunity there for him. I mean, it's literally Seattle or Carolina and Carolina makes the most sense. I mean, I think they probably want to see who's available for them. Cause it'd probably be smarter for them to go offensive line, then make the move for Baker Mayfield, let Cleveland pick up some of that contract. Maybe Cleveland gets a third, but they pick up 12 million that contract, but still save about 7 million on that contract. And then they still get a third round pick. And then Carolina's in a position where Matt Rule's got to win now. They have Sam Darnold. They got Baker Mayfield. They didn't give up much. They gave up a third round pick to get him. They got an offensive tackle there at sixth for the future. And now they could uh, see what quarterback is the guy that could pan out for them for the best. And maybe they got it. And maybe Baker Mayfield does work out. And if it doesn't, they can move on, right? But if it does, they can franchise them. Uh, they can sign him to a long-term deal. Same thing with Saddle. Even though they, they paid Geno Smith, maybe that doesn't work out as well. Uh, so I would guess right now Carolina, but it, it's hard to tell because I think a lot of these NFL teams are showing us like they don't have a lot of confidence in this quarterback class, and a lot of them just want to punt to 23 where you have three really good quarterbacks, and this year is just full of crapshoots. And I don't think a lot of these teams want to – invest in that and maker maker Mayfield is left playing musical chairs and all the chairs are taken essentially. So it's kind of, I think he still has the talent to be a quality starter in the NFL. Uh, his attitude, his personality does not do him any favors. Uh, I have some sources here in Cleveland uh, in that locker room said a lot of people were like put off by Baker Mayfield and his personality. Uh, so he, that matters. Got, it matters. Yeah. It, it, it does matter. You know, it's the reason why Robbie Anderson was tweeted. No, when they said he might go to Carolina, <laughs> but I still think, you know, talent at quarterback trumps all right. I mean, look at Marcus Mariota, get another shot. Uh, look at, you know, Carson Wentz, keep getting shots. These guys get shots year in year out the upside of Davis Mills. So I think Baker Mayfield will get a shot, but you're right, Alan, you just got to hold right now. There's nothing else you can do. Yeah, unless somebody, you know, wants to give you I mean, if you want to trade for one of these rookie quarterbacks, like if, if you're on the clock and you have pick one seven and Kenny Pickett is there and Kenny Pickett to say is, you know, you know, we, you guys talked about in your podcast, lands in Pittsburgh, right? And someone wants to say, Hey, Baker Mayfield for that pick, of course you're gonna do something like that. Yeah. But you know, that's it's all situational. Now, I am with our last, you know, last ten minutes or so, last five minutes or so, I want to ask you about a couple of things a player takes here. Um you guys have Kenny Pickett or you have Kenny Pickett ranked above Malik Willis. And I understand why there is safety there on your podcast. You talked about like he could have a Kirk cousin esque like career, very reasonable, but isn't the upside just too tantalizing in Malik Willis, even the debt. Let's say that I, I want to know what you saw when you tape grinded on Malik Willis, that makes you dubious of a player like that. Because to me, it seems like if it doesn't go well, if, if he's a top 10, top 15 pick Malik Willis, he's Tyrod Taylor, right? Which for fantasy football was great. I mean, it was fine. I mean, obviously it's not Michael Vick. It's not Lamar Jackson, but it just seems like the floor is safe enough for fantasy. Now again, and if he's a top 10 pick, top 15 pick, he's going to get three years before he's just thrown out of the league. Look at Daniel Jones, right? He got three years before. And now this is the, this is the year where it's hot seat for him. So why do you want that safety air quote of Kenny Pickett 
over Malik Willis's tantalizing upside? They're one A and one B for me when it comes to quarterback. So it's it's kind of like you're splitting hairs here. It's like what I just there's so much there's so much good about Malik Willis, but then there's also so much bad, right? Like, and for me, Kenny Pickett seems like it's like, oh, he seems like Kirk Cousins. You know, like he seems pretty safe. Now he ends up in the right situation. Now Malik Willis, these guys get this top 15 draft installation, then yeah, I'm okay with, honestly, I'm okay with you taking them 1-1 in a super flex league because they're a quarterback. But for me, the tiebreaker is like, wow, Malik Willis has got so much to work on. If I know what Kirk Cousins and I can just have a quarterback too, for a while, like I'd much rather have that than just miss completely. And I don't want to fall in the trap of like, well, these are all fixable because Josh Allen was fixable. That's an Josh outlier. Allen's the biggest yeah. outlier it is, and he's still not even completely fixed, right? When it comes to his arm for accuracy issues. I mean, he, he's trust me, Josh Allen's elite of the elite. I love him. But for me, like missing when you pick top three in your rookie draft, like you're picking top three for a reason because your team's garbage, right? Your team's not very good or you had a, a, a slew of injuries. You don't want to miss. Like mm. that literally sets you back an entire year of drafting, right? Like it's another, it's another league due you got to pay with no return on it whatsoever. So I feel like if I have a quarterback too, that's really good for my dynasty team and super flex, right? That holds tremendous value. And the big thing is like, I think Penny Pickett could show you enough where just like right now, if you try to trade for Zach Wilson or Mac Jones or any of these Justin Fields, like those quarterbacks are insulated. So if, if Kenny Pickett comes in and shows you enough where he's quarterback, like 19, even if I don't love Kenny Pickett, that's enough to trade him for a future of right. whatever I want to trade him for. Where, right. Like if he has the Mac Jones season, you, you could still, yeah. you could still cash out at a reasonable rate. A, a, even a, higher. A, a, yeah, a great rate. Not a even a reasonable rate. Like, if right. you want to get into the door in Superflex leagues with some of these elite position players, you just need a quarterback in your, you know, when they're looking through that people at the door, you just got to hold up a picture of like Justin Fields, like, hello, you know, or Mac Jones. And they're going to open that door with a bottle of wine and balloons, like, come on in. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> everybody wants a piece yeah. of that cake. So, yep. Yep. to me, that's again, we're talking, we're splitting here. It's like, you're right. Malik Willis offers that tremendous fantasy football upside. That's where it's at. Like, well, you made me think Malik. with that oh. take, your, your take on your podcast about the safety of getting a Kirk cousin esque Ryan Tannehill type of a prospect. It made me rethink. Cause I was like, you know, what was that scene in, uh, in, in you know, is Malik Willis or bust? Like I'm taking him over a breeze hall, day. but you know, yeah. Draft day. Right. I, I'm, I'm taking Malik Willis over Brees Hall, but I do understand the rationale for not doing that as well. I just, like I said, in my eyes, from my observations, um, you know, even if it doesn't go right, if he's not a good passer accuracy wise, he's going to tuck it and run and you have Tyra Taylor, but a lot of sharp guys like yourself don't like what they see and it, it could go very wrong. So I, I, do... I could see it going right. And there's a lot of things I like what I see, but there's a lot of things I don't like. And the reason I would take Brees Hall is because the counterpoint is, Right now, you could trade Jonathan Taylor for. No, oh, yeah. You could, get, you could trade Jonathan Taylor for Mac Jones in a Superflex yeah. League. You could trade Jonathan Taylor for Justin Fields in a Superflex League. You know what I mean? There's, there's that, and, that, and that's the only reason why this year I said I would take Brees Hall over these quarterbacks. Well, I never, ever say that. You've never heard me say that before oh, on a you. podcast ever. But this year I would because I think by the end of this year, you'd be able to trade Brees Hall for Malik Willis or. Kenny Pickett, probably plus. You know what I mean? Like, I think you'll be able to get those guys plus. Or more importantly, you could get a high 23 first for them uh, with the right with the right maneuvers and then have your pick of guys like C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young or B. John Robinson, nonetheless. Yeah. Do you read anything into the, the kind of silly narrative that Matt Corral was invited to the green room in day one and accepted? He's going to be there. And Kenny Pickens declined his invite to the green room. So... I mean, you know, that would imply if, I, if I'm going to walk down narrative street here that Matt Corral has information that he's going to be a first round pick. And I know you guys hate him. And, I don't you know, hate him. I don't hate him. Well, Matt, you, you Matt, got, you, Matt O'Hara hates him. I, yeah, I think Matt, hate, Matt hate him. Matt was saying he wouldn't take him at the end of the round two. He, he walked yeah. it back, thank God, because, you know, it I is a quarterback. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, you did. You did. You, you, you browbeat him back to that, which is great. Because the guys that are in the second round, like the Jalen Hurt, you're always going to find that guy. There's one every year. There's a couple landmines. There's always a Kellen Mond and a Kyle Trask, but there's always a Jalen Hurts. That, there's always a Davis Mills every single yeah. year that you get in the second round of your rookie draft. So with the last couple of minutes, here i wanted to, so do you think there's anything to that do you think matt corral could sneak his way into the first round 
I mean, obviously you don't show up to be embarrassed. So somebody's feeding them information. Hey, this team's interested in you. I know it's gonna be a little late. Like the Lions might move back up for you mm-hmm. here, or you know, Pittsburgh's interested. You know, there's Seattle has forty and forty-one. They can jump in. They could jump in there. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's got to get information somewhere. Nobody wants to be embarrassed. You know, nobody right. wants to be sitting there. I mean, remember Aaron Rodgers was on TV forever. The right. Alex Smith went one. Uh, that was famously the one where he was just like, you know, you could see the the neck veins yeah. popping out. Did you see uh, how they're they're gonna, you know, how they normally do the walk down uh, the aisle to the room? Did you see uh, how they're gonna they're gonna boat, put it? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love that. I think it's so Vegasy and cheesy that it's great. I only remember that because when they were supposed to have the draft a couple of years ago, they said they were gonna do it. So right. I, haven't, right. I, I, don't, I haven't heard anything since then. I'm getting two, pumped for it. <laughs> two more player takes, and then uh, we'll we'll promote some stuff that you guys are doing, which I love. You know, uh, I'm a premium member of your website. Will always be so. Two things, uh, obscure guys down the down the road here. I like Tyler Algier out of uh, BYU. He just again, I, I don't know why he's so low. Do you guys, uh, give me your take on him. I've heard you t- uh, talk about it on your pod, but he looks like he's the perfect guy to get drafted in round three, round four, and ascend to a job. Are you are you in on Tyler Algier out of BYU? I gotta see his draft capital. I mean, honestly, like this this these running backs after a couple of these guys they all kind of blend together for me because I came away so unimpressed, like not impressed. Like I'm looking for dynasty value, right? Like I'm looking for fantasy football values. So when, when I scout these guys and I'm watching this tape, like I'm just looking for fantasy football upside. That's all I care about. Like, I don't care how much this guy's going to help an NFL team. Mm. I don't care how, you know, like there's a lot of guys in this, in that, that come in these drafts that will help an NFL team. And they get drafted because they play really good special teams and they can do things, but they don't really help your NFL team. And right now, there's not a lot of opportunity for these running backs. And we're already talking about introducing Isaiah Spiller. We're talking about Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Damian Pierce, Zamir White. Uh, and there's other guys. Brian like Robinson, right? Tyler Beatty, right? Yeah. Like uh, James Cook. So we just named like seven guys. There's not even that many spots available for these guys. And then we're going to see a really, really strong running back class next year coming into here. So they could have had like guys like Tyler Algier will always just be if he's given the opportunity to get the carries when his main guy goes down a Khalil Herbert type of situation. Yeah. I, I like Khalil Herbert, right? Like right. I thought he was a good running back last year. Like him and Ramondre Stevenson were my two guys that you can get later in the draft. I thought offered the upside, but it's just about having the opportunity. And so for these guys, like I said, in the podcast, man, I'm drafting a lot of these running backs in the second round and third round of my rookie running back drafts, because I'll know what I have within two years. I can come up my taxi squad. So for me, I'll jeer, Nothing really just jumped off the tape on me to say this is the guy. Like no okay. more so like like I liked you know Zonovan Knight looked a little bit better. Uh you know, Tyler Beatty, I thought looked better. So right. you're looking for windows. So it, where are you having to windows. take it? Right. So if you can, you know, if Tyler Algier is two point ten in your rookie draft or three point two, yeah, you're just looking for hey, can I plug because right now you talk about like, you know, everyone loves Tony Pollard, right? Nobody would trade Tony Pollard for like a mid or late second round pick, but yeah. how many startable weeks have you had at a Tony Pollard? Two since he's and been that's in. It. Yeah. And there's yeah. guys that offer that Tony Pollard's like Rashad White out of West Virginia. Yeah. You know I mean, like he offers that Tony Pollard thing. So, same thing. I put him over Algier. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's just, and maybe, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Algier turns out to be the guy, but like they're all in that same cookie jar, right? They're all chocolate chip cookies. It's just some have more chocolate chips than the other one, and you might have a preference. It's like that scene in Goodfellas, equal amount of blueberries in every muffin, you know? <laughs> hey, um, so, you, you talk about, right. So, it's not so much the players, it's the situation. One of the situations that I'm most interested in is who the Titans draft in round three or four to back up Derrick Henry because, you know, you, you got to say, Rashad like, Derrick – Yeah, I mean, what's that? <laughs> Rashad White. That would be perfect, right? right. Or it could be uh, – this. there's James that guy – James Cook. I even think someone like Hassan Haskins out of Michigan, he's a big banger. He may not even get drafted. He's kind of just, Ugh. but I know, but you saw what he did to your Ohio state guys, man. He just, oh. you know, ate them alive, you know? So One game doesn't give me a, <laughs> I'm just saying whoever it is, you got to think that they're going to want to get this player six to 12 touches a game, maybe eight touches a game. And Derek Henry, I mean, you know, listen, we saw Superman go down this year. So that's, that's one of them I'm paying attention to. All right, Rich, you're generous with your time. I'm here. At Rich Dotson from the dynasty nerds. I want you to everyone who's listened to this podcast. You need to listen. If you if you play multiple dynasty leagues, you need the dynasty GM. Give us the elevator pitch, Rich. Thirty seconds, forty five seconds on what the dynasty GM is. If they don't know about it already, I'm sure most people have it, and why they need to invest in it. Yeah, if you have if you're more than three or four leagues, the dynasty GM is literally I built it for you. It just you put all your leagues, whether it be MFL, sleeper, fan tracks, flea flicker. You can put them all 
FFPC into one spot. You can upload and it's them one all click, here. by the way. There's no like entering your teams. It's nope. one click, and you and your team yeah. gets entered in. You just put your league ID in for all, every one of those sites. It will automatically upload all your teams, and then from there, it just gives you a really good view of all of all your teams. Right? You have your player shares. You have a trade calculator that literally just brings up trades of that specific league. Right? So, like, if you want to do a trade calculator and you want to go to elite one league they bring up all those teams and those players and those picks it gives you the league analyzer which is my favorite which is going to show you in a graph your strengths and your weaknesses right and your league mates so it's like hey i, I am really strong at running back but i need to trade for a receiver and then you're going through your league all right let me look at all his receivers let me look at all his receivers my 11th team you're like oh what did team one have this is going to show you visually to help you kind of like coordinate those trades right like it's designed to help you just better your team non-stop to Look at every asset of Dynasty Fantasy Football. And what's really nice is we have a 2.0 coming out here soon. It's going to be a huge upgrade to this one. We have player shares coming up or uh, player cards coming up. It's going to have a lot of ADP and information there for you. So that's going to be exciting. It's just, it's a fun tool to just help make having all these leagues streamline and really easy to manage and navigate, which by navigate means just kind of, you know, make the right trades, make the right moves and, Get that, you know, we have a we have a lineup optimizer coming soon. It helps you show you between contender mode and dynasty mode. So are you win now or are you a really good dynasty team? Shows where all your draft picks are. Right, because um, you shouldn't be trading for Mike Evans if you are if you're a rebuild team. I mean, even yeah. though he's a good player, unless you're the ultimate flipper, you get him cheap, trade him high. I mean, you know, but what I'm saying is that this is not just a cool tool. This is a must-have tool. And I, you guys basically give it away, more or less. I don't know what you're charging nowadays for, but because I've been in since you know since the beginning, and I, it just auto-replenishes every year. Yeah, you're what, paying what, three bucks. Yeah, yeah. So what do you guys charge? Like six or eight bucks for it now? It's uh, Right now, I think it's six ninety nine. but we have a, a steal. Pod- we have a podcast promo code. We use it only on our podcast, but I'll give it to your podcast listeners too. If you use the promo code rookie right now, you get 15% off of any sign up. So it brings it back down to like five bucks a month, the price of a cup of coffee. And then on top of that, Alan, you get access to Dynasty Nerds Film Room, which we have rookie tape. That's Lord. how I watch my tape. The, the Nerd Score, uh, Rankings, the Extra Bonus Podcast. You get, we give you everything you possibly need to navigate your Dynasty League 365 years at DynastyNerds.com. Use that promo code. Check it out. I tell everybody, like, hey, get in there. Use that promo code, Rookie. Get to 15% off. Pay five bucks. Put all your teams in Dynasty GM and let it do the, let it do them talking. Maybe it's for you. Maybe it's not. Like, I've been playing Dynasty for 20 years. I use the Dynasty GM all the time because yeah. I'm in 20 yeah. leagues and it makes my life so much easier. Like, it also gives me – what it does, Alan, it gives you, like, a realistic – Lance, like the worst place to be is stuck in the middle in Dynasty, right? It's the worst place to be. It's so easy to get those uh, like rose-colored glasses where your team, you think you're a contender, but because you don't really have the outlook of what other teams look like as a whole. And the Dynasty GM, it's going to rank your team in your leagues. It's going to show you what we think where you stand amongst your Dynasty league mates. And nothing's for certain. It's like a Dynasty trade calculator. Nothing's guaranteed in there, but it's going to give you a good look at it. And like, wow, you know what? I thought I was a contender, but now look at the league analyzer. I didn't realize Joe and Amy's team were so loaded. You know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, look at that team. Like, how do I how do I make a move and get out from here? What how do I blow this up or how do I make the trades? Where are my strengths? Where are my weaknesses? We're gonna identify those and show you everybody else's strength weaknesses when it comes to players and draft capital as well to make the moves that you need to move to become a better dynasty player. The best way is it gives you a 10,000 foot view of your league. You could see a bird's eye view and it's very easy to, to make moves. It's very efficient. All right. I'll get you out of here on two lightning round questions. Who's a player that dynasty leaguers are thinking about cutting this year that you're telling them, wait, wait, hold on. Just let's not yet one more year. Oh man, that's a tough question. Like for me, while you're thinking about it, I'll tell you, like for years, mine was JJ Arcega Whiteside. For this year, it's Paris Campbell. I'm going in one more time. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, one more time. <laughs> so is there anyone? I know I put you on the spot. I didn't put that I think, on. Uh I don't think anybody would cut him, but kind of the same kind of mold like Curtis Samuel. Oh you no, know that's I mean? a that's a great one. That's Curtis a, he, Samuel he, for the commanders. Like I've always been a huge Curtis Samuel fan because he always shows us, but he always gets hurt. And he got that really good contract for the commanders too. So he He's playing this year. Like, he's playing this year. Him and Terry McLaurin, people are like, oh, the commanders need a receiver. Well, they paid uh, Curtis Samuel, and they'll bring in a rookie, and he'll probably compete as well. But Curtis Samuel is probably a guy a that fits one. in that mold for me. 
don't cut Curtis Samuel because sometimes you know we play in some of these thirty deep dynasty leagues, but yeah. a lot of a lot of teams have to cut down to fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, you're right. And then they redo. So Curtis Samuel would be on that cut line. I agree with you. I would hold them just one more time. Carson Wentz, for all his flaws, he is you know the sixteenth or eighteenth best quarterback in the league, which is good enough. All right, Rich Dotson, you did it again, man. You blew up our podcast. Uh, we appreciate you. You know, over here at RotoWire, we're big fans of the dynasty nerds. I personally. Could not live without the uh, the website, <laughs> without your podcast. I love listening to you. I think you guys are doing it the right way, and you always have our support. And uh, hopefully uh, sometime, well, at least, you know, maybe after the draft, maybe later in the season when things slow down, we can have you back and uh, and do it again. Oh, 100%. You know, you know like I said, always uh, always open to jump on, always coming in here talking to some Dynasty fans football. I appreciate you having me back on here uh, to talk some Dynasty. And we'll 100% do it again. Just uh, awesome. hit me up in the DMs, and we'll uh, we'll link up. All right. And we'll be back next week. We're going to be posting a new dynasty podcast every Friday. Now we used to do it on Mondays. Now we're doing it on Friday. This way you have something to listen to for the weekend. We'll be back next week, Friday, which will be the round one will be in the books. I'll be here with Mario. Puig. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.